Hello and welcome to the Refreshing Change podcast. My name is Nicola Scott and I will be your host. In today's episode, I'm joined by Jacqueline Dunn. Jacqueline left the corporate world behind in 2010 after realising life is too short not to follow her passion. She'd been suffering with an autoimmune condition for decades that no specialist could help her with. She believed there was an answer, so she retrained as an award-winning nutritional therapist, hypnotherapist, bioresonance practitioner, holistic health coach and homeopath, and has been able to heal herself and support many others to do the same. In 2017, Jacqueline became a best-selling author when her first book, Mind Body Miracle, went to number one in several Amazon health categories. She's extremely passionate about sharing her knowledge and expertise with others. As a well-being detective, she will help find the root cause of your health concern. Jacqueline, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Oh, you're more than welcome. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, it's a real honour to have you on because I know you're such a knowledge queen on this subject of health ownership and we're going to dive into some really juicy topics. But before we do that, can, for the benefit of the listeners, can you share a bit about your background, who you are, what you're all about, um, and then we'll dive in from there. Sure. So um, I am a nutritional therapist. Um, I'm also a qualified hypnotherapist as well because mind and body do work together. Um, I've just qualified as a homeopath. Um, I'm a bioresonance practitioner and holistic health coach. So basically, I just absolutely love everything to do with natural health and healing. And I think we have given far too much responsibility over to the um, organisations that believe they are being helpful towards our health. But actually, we have the power to be even more helpful if we have the knowledge. Mm. Yeah, it's taking the ownership, isn't it, of our own own health and well-being. And I think... People have been almost brainwashed into believing that if you have a health issue, you have to go outside of yourself to resolve that. Um, You know, it's generations deep. You think about parents, grandparents, not well, go to the doctors. um, And you say to a toddler even who's got their little doctor's kit, Mm. you know, they don't do homeopathy kits for kids in um, Toys R Us. It's doctor's Mm. kit. Mm. And it's that the doctor will make you better and, and you put on CBBs and it's almost from day dot we're drip feeding that that's the only way if you're sick, how you get better. And that is absolutely not the case. Mm. Oh, I'm, I know this. We're in for a treat. We're going to dive into some cool stuff. Jacqueline, the podcast is all about change. And I suppose this episode, I was really keen would encourage people to take ownership of their health and make the right changes. But what does change feel like to you what important role that played in your life how do you feel about change um I mean change can be a very positive thing if you're aligned to it Mm. um because obviously sometimes change is taken out of our hands and changes are made that we're very resistant to and we don't like the feel or sound of that um but you have to decide within you whether it's something that you are aligned to and happy to make and you see it becoming a positive thing um often people are resistant to change um but not because it's not positive because it's different to what they're used to people love to stay within their comfort zone but as we both know that's not where the magic happens Mm -hmm. it's way out of your comfort zone so um I think obviously change can be a very positive thing but it's about alignment that's the most important thing how aligned you are to your journey um when I I I changed career I was a a a accountant (laughs) I've even forgotten what it's called I haven't done it for so long I was an accountant for like 15 years and my mum and dad died in the same week actually my mum died on the Monday my dad died on the Friday both 64 both diet and lifestyle related conditions 
At that time, I had an autoimmune condition and it was just the wake up call that I needed. And at that time, I felt very aligned to change. I knew something had to change. I knew I couldn't go on doing what I was doing and expecting a different result. I just lost both my parents at the age of 35 and there was no way that I was going to put my children through the same thing. So in that case, something has to change. Um, and that was probably the most significant thing that ever came out of my parents dying, to tell you the truth. So sometimes really negative things can put you on the path to really positive things. Yeah. Yeah, that's really powerful. Thanks for sharing that. I think we're you and I are very aligned in that taking ownership. It's actually one of my core. Well, it is my core value, personal ownership and responsibility. Um, and you've alluded to that. And I suppose what, what we'll speak about, about health and wellness today is, is arguably true of every aspect of your life. It's taking ownership and taking the reins of, effectively your own destiny but it, when it comes to health and well-being like uh, you've alluded to it with your own journey but um to dive into that in a bit more detail like why what prompted it and what's your journey been like um so yeah the biggest prompt was losing my mum and dad so young I mean they were mm. only 64 so they had maybe 20 years left um my mum died of chronic obstructive pulmonary disease and that's because she had smoked for 20 odd years before she was diagnosed with a weak respiratory system so it always had asthma chest infections um so I always say to my clients genetics will load your gun but it's up to you whether you pull that trigger or not my mum had a loaded gun and she pulled the trigger with the smoking and the she lived in poverty growing up she had a very poor diet you know it it was kind of the, the the way the dice rolled in a lot of ways but I do think knowing what I know now there was so much that she could have done to improve her quality and quantity of life had she had the knowledge and the same with my dad my dad was a long distance lorry driver he um, was always sedentary he stopped at every greasy spoon to have his breakfast lunch and dinner when he wasn't working he was drinking and smoking and eventually he ended up having strokes blood clots heart attacks mm -hmm. so he again he kind of chose a lifestyle not realizing until it was so much later how detrimental it was to his health and it ended up cutting his life incredibly short um when they died I was 35 I had um, two children a four-year-old and a one-year-old at the time and they um both um, hardly saw me because I was working every hour God sends as an accountant. I had an autoimmune condition. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm -hmm. And I kind of just went, oh my God, I'm going to end up like my parents if I don't do something about this. So it that was the absolute catalyst. I started to study nutrition for my own well-being. I wanted to heal myself, but I got so completely obsessed and passionate about all the different things I was learning. And then people started saying to me, oh, you look well, what have you been doing? And then all of a sudden you're a walking advert and people want to become your clients. So it was a real natural progression for me um, to go from healing myself to becoming a healer, if you like. Um, and sometimes that's that's the best way for change to happen, to kind of allow it to happen, to start off the process of this is the changes I want to make and just see where it drags you. Because originally I started studying hypnotherapy and I got six months into hypnotherapy and we done hypnotherapy for weight management. And I thought, this is amazing. It could completely change the course of somebody's life and health. Um, but I probably need to know a bit about nutrition if I'm going to specialize in this. And then so kind of started doing a nutrition course for my own knowledge, but then having a little bit of knowledge for clients if I was going to specialize in hypnotherapy weight loss. And just absolutely loved it and couldn't believe. I remember a really defining moment for me was sitting in a lecture, which was all about gut health. 
And I'd been told my autoimmune condition was pernicious anemia. I'd been told I'd need B12 injections every month for the rest of my life. And I sat in this lecture and they were talking about how B12 is made by the intrinsic factor in the gut. And sometimes you're, that, that role that the, the, the gut is playing starts to fail when the gut health is poor. And for the, most of my um, baby life, if you like, toddlers and then as a, a primary school uh, student, I was on antibiotics. I always had chest infections, probably because my mum smoked. <laughs> and I was constantly on antibiotics. Um, so I'd really destroyed my gut health and I sat there and realized that maybe if I did something to rebuild it and heal it, I would be able to not need this medication forever. And, and that's exactly what happened. Mm. It, it's so true, like you say, about um, making one change and then the domino effect of almost being being open and curious as to where that's going to take you. And it's just the courage to take the first step often, isn't it? Because sometimes you... <laughs> You can't plan that out. It just it's a natural evolution. A, a lot of people will say, "Oh, but if I do that, what, what, where am I going to end up?" Mm. You know, what they need to have that end place. Now, I, I never would have imagined when I first started studying hypnotherapy and nutrition that I would end up as well, an award-winning nutritional therapist with a best-selling book um, mm. and having a waiting list of clients. I, and that wasn't my end goal. I didn't sit down and go, "Right, this is what I want to achieve." Mm. It just happened naturally because I found something that I was absolutely passionate about. My um, el my eldest daughter, who's now fourteen she's just taken her GCSEs and started studying her GCSEs when she was taking them she said I don't know what I want to do I'm just a baby really I said no but no one knows at 14 I didn't know till I was 35 actually I was in the wrong career for a long time before I knew what my passion was so just do what you enjoy just do what you enjoy and the rest will follow because you're never going to be bad at something that you enjoy doing and because you'll get the enjoyment out of it even if you don't get the top grades mm. and see where it progresses we don't need to have the whole map we just need to know that we are enjoying the journey and we're passionate about making that change. Mm. That's such solid advice about just do what you enjoy because actually it's that alignment thing, isn't it? When you're aligned and passionate about what you're doing, um, whether that's in business, whether that's what you're studying at school or uni, then it, the joy and happiness is there rather than slogging away at something that we don't enjoy for an end goal that we think we might want in the future, but that doesn't always um, transpire. Um, I'm really interested about that you use the word catalyst and from your story Jacqueline there's obviously um, quite a lot that you had to deal with your own health and then your you know the death of your mother and father which is a you know that's a big catalyst but, but I, I think for many people they don't necessarily have a major catalyst they might be living you know the lifestyle that they may be short term they don't think about the long-term impact does that make sense so I suppose I'm just curious as to for people that don't have a wake up call until much later when maybe their own health starts to deteriorate because actually you know even in our 20s 30s 40s the the, the lifestyle is impacting our long-term well-being isn't it so how do we get people to kind of start making some of those changes and make the shift it's really difficult to say how do we get people to make how do we make people do that we can't is the honest answer because what I always say to my clients is it has to be your journey I can't want it mm. for you and I certainly can't want it more than you and mm. and that kind of follows suit when I have a client who will say oh I'm going to send my friend to see you she really needs you 
Well, she might do, but does she want to? Is she ready? Because it's her journey. You can't drag someone on a path, kicking and screaming, that they're not ready to walk on. And believe me, I've tried that for many years, and it's an exhausting waste of energy. So you just have to wait till the people are ready. Otherwise, you'll end up exhausting yourself trying to get them on a on a journey that they're not ready to make right now. Mm. The, what I find with my clients is nobody takes action till they're in pain now whether that is physical pain mental pain emotional pain but they will not take any action until they've hit a pain point and that's when they'll be looking for all the help that they can get it's a shame that it takes that to take the action but generally that is that that is the outcome so you know my clients will, will usually say I've tried everything I've been everywhere I've been on medication for so long it's making me worse not better and they will only come to me because it, it, their words not mine it's a last resort it's a last ditch attempt there's nothing else um but that again that's because we have been brainwashed into believing if you're sick you hand your responsibility over to somebody else to get better. Mm. And, and and that's just not the case. And, and nobody knows your body like you know your body. So why are we asking a doctor that only probably sees you three or four times a year to diagnose you and give you a remedy? It, mm. it just makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. And just picking, you mentioned gut health, and we're going to pick up on that later on because it fascinates me as a topic. And I've heard you speak about it before. You're so knowledgeable. But just what you said there about we know our body better than anyone else you know there's so much wisdom in our like you said before the body and the mind's connected um I've gone on my own health journey and actually I'm far more in tune now with what's going on in my own body than I probably was before and I now look at symptoms as like the clue to figure out and I read your bio earlier and you you called yourself a well-being detective and I thought that I absolutely love that because it is about using all of that as evidence to be like right what is actually going on I suppose isn't it so yeah why is that so important that, that folk have that kind of curiosity with their health because our body's always sending us messages it's just that we've got very good at silencing those messages so um you know we're tired okay I have a cup of coffee um can't go to sleep have a couple of glasses of wine got a headache take a paracetamol we're constantly silencing these messages rather than thinking what is the body trying to tell me at this point in time why does this keep happening to me and certainly the majority of people that come to see me they're on a stack load of medication silencing absolutely everything their body's trying to tell them and the more you ignore a message your body's sending the louder it becomes and it often with medication will end up a game of whack-a-mole so you know you've got a, a symptom you go to the doctor they put you on the medication which is not fixing the the issue it's silencing the symptom so you're hitting that mole down but it's going to pop up somewhere else in the body because you haven't dealt with the root cause of it so mm. the difference between allopathic medicine prescription medicine and holistic medicine functional medicine is um, we look for root causes. We're looking to see when this started, what the trigger point was, and that's where we we treat it. And that could be practically anything, anywhere. I recently worked with a client who came to me with lots of psoriasis um, all over his head, and he has chronic back, neck and shoulder pain and has had since his 20s. He's now in his 50s. So for 30 years, he's been living with this pain and this psoriasis. And he's been put on painkillers and he's been sent to pain clinics and they don't know what the root cause is. And he's had all, spent thousands on all these different scans and they've just said, They've told him it's all in his head. They've told him it's anxiety because all the scans are coming back clear. 
nobody actually asked him about his story until he came to see me and he said oh all these physical things he's telling me about and I said what's your mental and emotional health like and he went that's a whole nother story I said well tell me that story what is it and it transpired that he'd been very badly abused as a child uh, physically a lot of violence came from his dad a lot of aggression and obviously that is trauma that is stored in the body that needs releasing there's a study that came out in the 80s called the ACE study which is adverse childhood events and the more adverse childhood events you are exposed to the more likely you are to have chronic illnesses in your adult life so the doctor should have known about this study. It was done many years ago. So to completely dismiss it and tell, it, tell him it's all in his head and never ask about what his early life was like, to me, that's medical negligence. But doctors aren't taught that kind of stuff. You know, you have to go to the people that are looking for root causes to find that. Um, but obviously now we've, we've linked it. He starts to do a lot of trauma work to release this stuff. We're doing like the Wim Hof breathing, the Soma breath work, um, changed his diet to make it less inflammatory, give him some remedies for, um, for the psoriasis. But all of it, all of it is linked to the body expressing that trauma um, because he wasn't allowing it out. He was, he was kind of suppressed, 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 which by by the way is the same reason my sister got cancer after my mum and dad died five years after my mum and dad died my sister was diagnosed with cancer and when my mum and dad died I grieved instantly I went into an um, emotional wreck and it wasn't until probably about six months afterwards I started doing my studying and getting myself back on track changed career um but my sister she was in full suppression suppress 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 and five years later she was diagnosed with cancer and they said to her this was a very slow going cancer that we believe comes back to five years ago practically could have said it to the day that we've lost my mum and dad um she's absolutely fine now with no chemo or radiotherapy might I add good it is um I just find the whole thing fascinating I actually listened to another podcast the other um last week it was Gabor Matty was speaking about trauma and that exact thing yeah. that you were saying is that the doctors particularly people that diagnose in a GP clinic don't have any experience or exposure to that I suppose the impact of trauma on, on the body mm -hmm. and the mind um I often think as well I suppose my um health journey was I had I had can, candida a couple of years ago which is also a gut condition and was diagnosed by a nutritional therapist but I'd gone to the doctor with minor symptoms like a skin infection, lots of headaches, fatigue, a lot of fatigue. And on their own in isolation, they, they, it doesn't, it takes someone to join all the dots, I suppose is my yeah. point, and actually look at you as a whole person to then think, well, actually, it stems back to to what's what's going on in your gut exactly like you're saying about about this, your client this is something that I speak to my clients about a lot when you walk into a hospital it's a little bit like a department store mm. because you have got the department for bones and the department for gynae and the department for pediatrics and nothing's linked but we are not a department store. We are a system of systems. Everything is a jigsaw puzzle and everything's interlinked. So just because somebody has a pain in their knee, that doesn't mean it's rooting from the knee. It could actually be coming from the adrenals, which sit on top of the kidneys, because that can put hip flexors out, which can affect the knee. So there is so many issues. And if we are just going to go to a specialist um, and just look at that one issue, we'll never find where this is rooting from. When my my mum passed away and I had to clear up the house and I went through all her medication, and even though I didn't have the knowledge that I have now, I worked out very quickly that 
she was on a lot of medication, all being prescribed by different consultants because she had a respiratory consultant. She had a, um, a consultant because um, some of the drugs that she was on was causing her bones to um, become brittle. Um, so she was on all, with all these different meds, all coming from different parts of the hospital. And some of them were interacting with each other. Mm. They were contraindicative to each other. They should never have been prescribed together. But because nobody's talking to each other within a hospital, it's a department store. Well, that's not my department. And that's that's why it's so important. Well, it's one of the reasons it's so important to take ownership yourself, because then you don't have six different people from six different parts of the hospital that have never actually met or spoken about you that are never going to compare notes dealing with all these issues. You mm. know yourself how your body's working and how everything's linking back. Yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes I think we forget. And I, I often think this with nutrition when we're eating and drinking, we forget that why we do it is to fuel our body and stay alive but and I also think we forget how you know it blows my mind when you think about the body how it functions you know like we breathe without thinking about it we digest food we excrete waste we do you know like when you actually sit down and comprehend what the body does crazy we, that's, we, that's a healthy body so think yeah. about how tired you become when you're in an unhealthy body because mm. a lot of my clients will say to me I'm just exhausted all the time and there is no real reason for me to be so exhausted mm. but when we use the bioresonance machine which is um, sound waves and frequencies to scan the body to see what's out of balance okay. and you start to see what the body is dealing with pathogenically viruses bacterias things like candida overgrowths streptococcus overgrowths in the throat which sometimes people don't even have symptoms for because mm. the body's just dealing with it it's just doing what it needs to do but obviously that's exhausting to the body which is then going to result in chronic fatigue so there's always an underlying reason as to why you're feeling like you're feeling and a lot of my clients will come in and say I don't know what's wrong with me well guess what nothing's wrong with you your body is doing exactly what it's supposed to do it's trying to get you back to balance and that's why it's so exhausted all the time because it's trying to get you back to homeostasis and it's using all your energy to do so so let's see where you're out of balance and let's help it to get there yeah I think when you when you really think about it for me it just it, it it's like a lot of us have this um lack of respect for our body you know we abuse it in so many ways don't we but actually the you know when you when you really think about I sometimes relate it to um like I suppose a bit like a machine and it's like lot like you say lots of systems also affecting how another system runs and it all has to work in like you say in balance and as soon as you knock it out you know a car would stop running if it mm. you know if you hadn't filled up the fuel tank or it didn't have enough water in the radiator or whatever you know we just we and, and again we would take all our cars for for an MOT or for a service but we just time. abuse our bodies and don't it's, well, it's, it's like waiting for it to get bad like you said before it's waiting for the pain point People don't do that with their cars. We we take our car for an MOT and service every year, regardless of whether it's failing or not. We mm -hmm. still take it because it's a check. It's a checkup. But nobody will very rarely, do I have clients come in and I say, oh, why are you here today? And they go, I just want to check up. I just want to make sure I want to be proactive about my health, not reactive. Mm -hmm. Nobody no, very rarely does anybody say that. It's a handful of clients in probably eight years that have said that to me. Most people are in significant pain mentally, physically or emotionally before they walk in the door. But we wouldn't do that with our car. And a car's far easier to replace mm -hmm. than a, a body is. We've got this one body that we have to live in for our entire life. If our car fails, we can replace it relatively easily. But 
you, we've done it with the body it's just insane and, and likewise we'll go to the doctors we'll say we've got a pain they might want to take that body part out oh that's a gallstone we'll just take the gallbladder out but if you went to the mechanic and said to the mechanic my car's making a funny noise they still would just take that part out you'd be terrified to drive it home <laughs> yeah so it's crazy that we've just got this this um innate faith in our body to just deal with everything that's thrown in it uh, at it even though our world's getting more toxic our environment's getting more toxic our food is getting more toxic and we're just expecting our body to deal with it all the time it's mm. it's it, it's it's sad really and most people have a wake-up call when it's too late when they're at that pain point mm. yeah so I suppose the message is like get into that that proactive rather than being yeah. react like waiting for the reactive but isn't it I was having that conversation just this morning with someone else around um you know the the pace in which life is changing but actually biologically and I don't know what you're taking this as Jacqueline but biologically we're still the same being we were hundreds of years ago so it's like our bodies aren't designed to live this lifestyle of whether it's convenience food toxins in the environment you know, household cleaning yes. products like it must be everywhere your body must be on overload is it now, this, this is one of the things that I speak to my clients about quite frequently. And the biggest thing here is stress because oh, okay. we have massively increased our capacity um, in a day. So, you know, you're, you're, if you think about our circadian rhythm where we're supposed to be half the day in a stress response, 12 hours in a stress response, go, 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 motivated, getting everything done. And the other 12 hours, are, we're meant to be melatonin and that's our nighttime routine, calming down, sleep, rest and restoring and healing. But we've pushed that window of the stress response further and further along so we've only got this tiny healing response now the the body hasn't changed how it functions from cavemen but we've changed significantly how we live in our lives so as cavemen stress was a life or death situation so the body changed the way it was functioning the whole of the biology changed because of the way that stress was coming it's a life or death situation all um energy is diverted from um, immune system digestive system um, sex drive all of that is not important because you don't want to eat a meal and make a baby or fight a cough or cold if you're about to die all energy is on survival mode mm. so we're living more in what's called the sympathetic nervous system which is your fight or flight nervous system and we need to come out of that response and find ways to come out of that response because we're completely changing the way our body's functioning. The most important thing with that is when you're living totally in this stress response, which is not life-threatening when you're stressed because you're sitting in a traffic jam, but your body still suppresses all of those things because it believes you're in a life-threatening situation. So we need energy to run. We're stressed. Let's dump loads of blood sugar because we need that energy. We don't need blood sugar if you're sitting in a traffic jam, but all of a sudden your body's just been dumped with loads of blood sugar so you can see how stress massively changes how the body is functioning minute to minute every single day and I'm forever speaking to my clients about ways to move them from this sympathetic nervous system where they're in fight or flight constantly and they are unable to digest or rest or heal and then they can move themselves into the parasympathetic nervous system where we are supposed to be spending at least half of our time. So it's, it's tools to do that, really. And, and I, I always discuss that with clients. Otherwise, if I didn't, I'd only be doing half a job. There's no point telling somebody how amazing they're supposed to be eating, the right supplements to take if they spend half their life or more in a stress response. Stress. They, they need ways to regulate that. Mm. 
and that must be you know it's quite prevalent in society now isn't it you know I speak to lots of people and it's you know I just get a real feeling that everyone's stressed overwhelmed burnout all of this sort of language is floating around with I suppose predominantly people's work life you know that's where it often stems from isn't it it is and it does come back to the fact that we have these expectations placed on us now to be better to be more productive to be more successful to earn more money to look a certain way and it's it's pressure it's mm. it's so much pressure and it's uh, it's unbelievably toxic and mm. people are spending far too much time doing all these things that are actually really insignificant in the grand scheme of life and nowhere near as much time as doing the things that are significantly important in ensuring that you're going to have longevity and energy Mm. and I suppose and I talk about this a lot with clients happiness and joy isn't it? I think so many people have kind of um I've almost been diverted on their path to think that what they're chasing is going to bring them happiness and joy but actually you know there's lots of studies and research out there that you know you reach a cap financially where actually you get you get you um you don't get po- proportionately any happier over a certain salary so yeah. why are we keep striving and you know putting our body and, and mind under that stress you know I, I find it fascinating it's like um it's like we've just been a, a bit disillusioned really but kind of um yeah a bit lost our way a wee bit the, the more money I've earned the more stressed I've become always mm. what comes with that is longer hours a bigger mortgage higher expectations mm. and it's crazy because we're actually striving for things that are so unimportant, mm. like I say, in the grand scheme of things, that we've completely lost our way. I do believe it's all by design because it's massive distraction techniques. If you all really strive for things that are insignificant, you'll never be the healthy, better versions of yourself that you could be if you realise that you're gone completely the wrong direction. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, come, it just always keeps coming back to taking taking ownership and control back, doesn't it? Um, it does. I, I tell you a, a really good tip that um, I often speak to my clients about, and I did a short video on my um, community page on Facebook, Mind Body Miracle community page. If you get a sheet of A4 paper and you fold it into six, so there's, um, is it six or four? It will come to me. Um, so you've got the squares along the bottom and the top, and then you can um, section it off. And you want, it's called a balance sheet. So okay. you are basically balancing your life. And along the top, you'll have mind, body, spirit. So it's six, mind, body, spirit. And then the bottom, work, rest, play. And in your week, you need to, before your week started, so do this on a Sunday, write down the things that you are going to do for mind, for body, for spirit, for work, for rest, for play. So it's like a to-do list. Mm. But the reason it's called a balance sheet is because when I first started doing this, I had loads in work Mm. and a little bit in... um, rest and play but the rest was completely and utterly unbalanced and I needed to kind of beef out my mind body spirit um well mainly body was kind of nutrition and exercise um mind meditation breath work but there was areas that you could see I'm really heavy on my workload but I'm not balancing anything else out and when you start to see it visually you realize that you need to start swapping time around so you can get more of a balance and then you start to feel better mentally um and again uh, 
mental and physical because the mind controls the body and vice versa so just a tip for people to see how out of balance their life is because a lot of people will tell me oh yeah I do I, I do meditate and yeah I, I go for long walks and but it's like three times a month mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're going to work and stressing themselves out every single day so we are out of balance mm. yeah and I suppose that uh, I don't know what your take because I, I talk about that from my coaching point of view about that strive for balance and Sometimes I think it's hard to, to, you know, it's probably unrealistic to say balance all the time. And there's this, there's this, there's this seesaw, isn't there? But it's the intention to, you know, like if you're launching a project at work, you know, you, the work might tip into, you know, a bit more this week, but we're going to compensate that with next week with taking a bit of time off. So it's, it's then just, it's, um, yeah, it's making the intentional choices, isn't it? It's like when you go on holiday. Before you go on holiday, you're trying to get all your emails done, mm. to clients, you're clearing your workload so that you can go away for a week or two and not have to think about it. Mm-hmm. So obviously, then weeks leading up to holiday are going to be crazy and they're going to be work heavy. But then when you go on holiday, you're going to have more rest, more play, more mind. So maybe even body, if you're like me and my husband, and make sure we go and do a gym session um, once a day when we're on holiday. So... You will end up balancing it out, but it's just being mindful about it and not just thinking to yourself, oh, you know, I'll get round to it, because that's when the scales start to tip and that's when you get start to get lots of chronic illnesses start to come in. Amazing. That's a great top tip. Um, so I think coming back to the kind of health and wellness stuff in terms of, and we touched on that a little bit, and I love your analogy of the department store with the hospital. I think I've heard you say that before and I think it's, when you think about it like that it does just blow your mind but I think one of the challenges within health and wellness is there's so many mixed messages Mm. and it's hard I think for people like knowledge is power isn't it but when we when we apply it and when it's the right knowledge I suppose so it's about how like how do people decipher that Jacqueline because there's yeah there's so much noise it is very difficult because even I find it difficult knowing what I know because mm-hmm. I will read things and think, well, that's completely different to what I've been learned, what I've been yeah. taught. Um, and obviously things evolve, things change. There's new studies coming out all of, all the time. You do have to be careful because now, especially in the health and wellness space, there's a lot of people that will share advice because it worked for them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's great. It worked for you, but we are all completely individual. And um, just because it worked for you, you can't then just be shouting about it from the rooftops and telling everyone to do the same thing because so much has to be taken into consideration. So we do have to be mindful of that kind of stuff. If you're taking advice from people online, then I would always advise that you make sure that they're professional and they have, they're registered with governing bodies because we have to be very mindful about the advice that we put out there. And I think often people... Um, probably think I'm just trying to fill up my um, diary with um, paying appointments but they will ask for advice online and I will say I can't give you specific advice unless I've taken a full case history because how you got to this point even though I might have treated 100 people with the same condition and symptoms how you got to this point will be completely different for every single one of you and it's that it's going back to that trigger point and and treating at the root that will get the long-term healing so just going oh this works for this that's that's pharmacy's approach that's a this for that approach and we have to take into consideration that it's never a one-size-fits-all so be very mindful of the advice where it's like oh this helps this this is great for weight loss this is great for diabetes 
it might be for some people, but not for everybody. So if you've got a real chronic condition that you are struggling to get to the bottom of, then definitely go and try and get some professional advice with that. But if you are just looking to be healthier, then tune in to what you need, what your body needs. And everybody knows what food is. Well, I, just, I would hope that the majority of people know what food is good and what food isn't so great. And if you don't know that, there's just one really simple thing to remember. If it's walk, swum, grown or flown, then it's usually OK to eat and in your diet in abundance. If it's advertised on the TV and the list of ingredients on the back is lots of names that you can't pronounce, the colours are bright and there's a cartoon character on the box, you probably want to avoid that like the plague. <laughs> so it's not actually that difficult. We know that we need to be getting the right amount of good quality sleep. We know we need to be getting the right amount of good quality water. We know we need to be taking steps to de-stress. And when we feel stressed, we have a toolkit to tap into. And we know we should be eating good quality food that's nutrient dense and is not full of preservatives and additives. But it's so overcomplicated because of the space that we're in. And we've got all this white noise coming at us constantly. So I would say just get the basics right. I've done a, a video call with a client this morning. And um, and there was there was so many different things when she sent her forms in of the things that she wanted to discuss, um, really all based around hormonal balancing. And there were so many different things and areas that we could have tapped into, but she hasn't got the foundations right yet. She's mm. still got work to do. Her diet was actually pretty good, but she's still got work to do with lots of other little bits in life. So until with things like supplements, with things like sleep, with um, things like um, oh, just so much, just lifestyle in general. So until we've laid those strong foundations, there's no point in uh, somebody said to me today, I'm going to start doing a green smoothie every single morning. I'm going to buy a juicer and I'm going to I said, well, what's your diet like at the moment? Oh, it's shocking. That's why I need to do it. I said, no, get the foundations of a good diet right first. And when you stick to that consistently for a few months, then bring in your green smoothie if you're up to it. But the mm. likelihood is if you've got good foundations into your diet, blood sugar balancing, making sure you've got proteins, fats and good quality complex carbohydrates coming in with every single meal, all of them kind of strong foundations then you're probably going to forget all about your green smoothie because you're going to be feeling so much better just by laying the strong basic foundations. I think people forget about the basics and they go for the extremes because we have been taught to look for quick fixes all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's where I call it drive through nation, where, you know, you're hungry, you just go through the drive through and it's just constant all the time, quick fixes, when these things are not quick to fix if we want to fix them in the long term. Mm. Yes, and you wrote, um, or you just said quick fix. I'd literally just written that down before you said it because it is like we want, we're so impatient as humans now. And I think I talk about like the Amazon Prime effect, isn't it? We want stuff instantly. So if I want to lose weight, I want to do it in 10 days. If I want to, you know, fix my energy, I want to do it in that, you know, couple of days. And it's just the, if you want to be healthy and well for the rest of your life then it, it is that lifestyle change isn't it otherwise we just so important they talk about the yo-yo diet don't they in terms of weight on and off but actually it's almost like a lifestyle yo-yo isn't it we're on something extreme for a while then we're we slip right back and then we just do and I you know 
have experience of doing that myself, I suppose, because I'm. You all have to, yeah. to work through another, especially when we were younger. We didn't really know mm. what we were doing, and again, we're looking for things quickly. So I was the world's worst when I was in my twenties, and I would be like, "Oh, I've, I'm going on holiday in three weeks. I need mm. to start really cut out all carbs, no carbs before marbs." You know, that was the <laughs> yeah. what you do, um, because you wanted that quick, instant look. But then you come back from holiday and everything would fall by the wayside again. But you didn't care because you're not walking around in the bikini anymore. But you're not thinking about your long-term health. And you're not thinking about how that's going to affect your meta- your metabolism, how it's going to affect your fat-burning capabilities, how it's going to affect your energy levels, how it's going to then start to imbalance blood sugar levels, which can create health issues and hormonal imbalances later on. So many different things that we just don't consider when we're young because we think we're immortal mm. and we just <laughs> we just care on just with these quick fixes and you do have to hit that pain point and you do have to have a realization for sometimes for some people even without a pain point it's children I think having children makes you very aware of your own immortality your own mortality sorry and you start to think I need to look after myself because I need to be around for them and Mm. no if I'm not around for them who's going to look after them the way that I would well the answer to that is no one of course Mm. so one thing I always say to parents is who's the most important person in your life and they'll say well my children it should be you because if you're not looking after you and anything happens to you your children would be impacted massively so it's so important to look after yourself and be that role model and be the message not the warning that's a choice yeah yeah I love that I think just along the way we've got so um confused about what health means I I say that quite a lot like I think a lot of people don't know what healthy actually really feels like um I say that but I was in the gym the other week and I saw two people and I, I'm I'm anti them. I assume you would be as well. But someone was drinking Red Bull and someone was drinking Monster and they were doing their workout on a Sunday morning or something. And I just think, what like, why are you even at the gym? Like, if health is important to you, you shouldn't be drinking that stuff. Do you know what I mean? So I've, we've just got so far away from what the what we should be doing everybody has got a different so when I changed I trained with Paul Check, who uh, who I study with um for holistic health coaching and one of the things that Paul Check Paul is um, an American guy he's um, a bit of a trailblazer of his time so uh, back in the kind of um late 80s he was saying cardio makes you fat and people were like what are you talking about cardio makes you fat but obviously now we've come to realize that slow steady state cardio doesn't really do anything for fat burning or on metabolism so you know he was real really ahead of his time and he said some really out there things and he still is to this day they've become a little bit more extreme now but I I'm completely with him and one of the things he's he spoke to us about when he trained us is um the rainbow bridge so he says you know everybody is on a different point of their rainbow bridge trying to get to their pot of gold and we have to be respectful of where people are on that bridge so I work with some mums for example who are frozen food mums no judgment at all I was one of them once upon a time and they don't have any information about how to cook healthy where to source healthy food that they just don't everything's everything like we said is for quick fixes bring it in the oven get it down their throats get them into bed because they've got work the next day so they're going to be a very different protocol that I set them to somebody who comes to me and is already eating 
fresh organic food um, already understands where to source good quality meat from all of that they're further along on their rainbow bridge nobody's right or wrong here everybody's just on their own journey and it's it's difficult not to be judgmental when you see these people in the gym that are you know whacking down the energy drinks and the um the protein bars that are full of chocolate and artificial sweeteners because they think it's the best thing for them to have after a training session. Um, and, you know, that that's completely their journey. And hopefully along the way, that's going to evolve and that's going to change and they're going to know better and do better because unless we know better, we can't do better. Mm. Um, and it, again, it depends where you're getting your information from because mm. a lot of the people that I follow in the health and wellness space are very holistic and they do talk about, you know, organic food and um grass-fed meats and raw dairy and they'll be talking about things like that but if you follow other people that are more in the sports arena they will be talking about energy drinks and they're standing there with their muscles being a role model but they're telling people to put energy drinks down their throat which are full of sugar and um and maybe artificial sweeteners and things that are going to stimulate the body not, not least the cardiovascular system so it just depends on your mindset and who you're following and where you're getting your information from everybody's on their own journey and I did start this journey myself wanting to drag everybody on my path and be like no come with me it's going to be so much better you'll get there quicker but that will just exhaust you so I just kind of stay on my path and occasionally someone will be like oh your journey looks good can I join you and I'm like yeah sure come on then and that's just the best way to do it you're going to preserve so much more energy like that mm, yeah yeah so true I love that analogy of the, ra- the rainbow bridge and I suppose it is it's the like we said before there's lots of noise out in that space it's been able to I suppose take a balanced view or or consume what it you know whatever from whatever source but then critically think about how it impacts your where you're at in your journey isn't it and what's the what's the right thing two examples of that so the first one is joe wicks Uh, joe wicks come under fire when he first came out because they were they were like oh look what he cooks and he's calling himself a personal trainer and he's giving this advice and it's wrong but again think back to the rainbow bridge Uh, the people that are following joe wicks if they're making improvements on their own journey then great he's 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 done amazing stuff for them and the other um the other example is some somewhere like weight watchers or slimming world who advocate the low fat no fat diets and everything's artificial sweeteners now I've got clients that follow my plans that I give them with anti-inflammatory eating and eating for their body type and then they'll go to Weight Watchers just for the accountability and have the weigh-in so they're not following so it's about using your discernment Mm -hmm. and taking the bits that resonate with you so just because you know, I follow, for example, Russell Brand, and a lot of people oh, say yeah. to me, oh, Russell Brand, he's just trying to be a Pied Piper and, and pull people down the wrong path. Well, he might be, but some of the stuff he like, he says, I really like, and I align to it. Some of the stuff I do not agree with at all, and I just disregard that because I'm able to use my discernment. And, and that's what it should be. We should all be able to get to a place where we're able to recognize what sits well with us and we can take that on board and what's not for us. And we don't need to be keyboard warriors and tell people it's wrong. We just need to scroll past it. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, I love that. We touched on gut health earlier, Jacqueline, and I, I, I've heard you speak about it before. And I you know, you hear about lots of benefits about looking at your gut health and focusing that. Is that a good place to start if you were, you know, wanting to reboot your health and, and kind of take control of your wellness a bit? 
I mean, generally, yes. It just it does depend on what the condition is that people are trying to get a handle on. Um, but if we go back to Hippocrates, his famous quote is, "All disease begins in the gut." Mm. I would say the reason that that was quoted, uh, I would guess. I never knew him personally. It was a long time ago. Um, yeah. But I would guess it was because um, such a huge percentage, about 75, 80% of our immune system is in our gut. So obviously, if the if there is a disease or a dis-ease, the body's gone out of ease, then that's going to be immune system related and that's going to stem from the gut. So yes, uh, it is a good place to start because a lot of conditions do stem from there and it can be the root cause and the trigger point. Um, but it does very much depend on the person. You know, for example, I had a lady come to see me this week who has the same condition that my mum had, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. And when I used the bioresonance scan to have a look at her, well, all over the body, but her gut health was absolutely fine. There was no big issues with her gut health. Everything, it was all the weaknesses come from the respiratory system, which basically came from um, childhood, uh, very early pneumonia in childhood. So um, that's where it stems from, which again, a little bit to do with the gut because there is um, your immune system is in your gut. But if she went in with probiotics and she was, it wouldn't have done much. We needed to improve lung function and support the the respiratory system. So it does really depend on the person and what's happening with them. But if somebody has an underfunctioning immune system, so they're always getting every cough, cold going, they're always run down, tired. If somebody has um, constipation, so not a regular bowel movement every day, because I'll say to my clients, are you constipated? And they go, oh no, I go back three times a week. No, that's constipated (laughs) because actually people laugh when I say this, we're supposed to move 12 inches um, of stool from our bowel daily. So whether that is one bowel movement of 12 inches or three or four, um, it right. was supposed to move 12 inches a day. Um, mm. Most people don't do that. So there is an element of sluggishness in the digestive system, which is going to start building up and become toxic, which will cause lots of issues. So that's why cleaning up the diet um, will help the gut in, in the first instance. That's the yeah. first. I mean, I, I've actually had clients that have the most hideous, hideous diet, but they say, but I take probiotics. Mm. <laughs> Not really going to do much with this diet. Mm. So lay strong foundations, always lay strong foundations first, which is your diet, your sleep, your water, your stress. Mm. And it's that, I suppose, even from those four foundations you mentioned, it's the holistic, isn't it? It's not just in one area. And then like we we talked about earlier, if you fix your diet, but you're still in high stress all the time, then, you know, it's it's not going to the You've diet to, almost can't work it's magic can it you've got to look at well-being as needing pillars to stand up and if mm. one of those pillars is slightly wobbly then there's going to be an issue and and those four pillars are the, the pillars that i well there's actually 12 pillars of well-being it gets very in-depth because we can look at purpose happiness all of that kind of stuff but um ultimately if you've got those four and you're laying strong foundations within those four then that you know the stress the diet the sleep the water then that is a really really good place to Mm. yeah brilliant I always ask and and wrap the podcast up by asking um guests for like their top tip but I don't know whether you've just answered it with what you just said about the pillars but is there anything else if people were considering I suppose they're on their rainbow bridge they're thinking they want to you know maybe go off in a different track that they're on just now and keep making progress where you know what do they do to get going 
I always ask people what their biggest overriding issue is, um, you know, whether that's a symptom, whether that's a feeling, um, you know, I'm just not happy, I'm tired all the time, or I'm constantly coughing, I'm always getting chest infections, it, it, no matter what that big symptom is for you, that's where you should start, because that is your body sending you a message that it needs to have some help making changes. So we don't want to ignore that message, we don't want to silence it with medication, we want to start to make the changes to support it. So that that would be my biggest biggest my, my biggest top tip because I think people become really overwhelmed they might have that big issue like a, always getting chest infections but then they're also overweight diabetic there's lots of other things going on so that means they feel very overwhelmed and they're like I don't know where to start so I'm just not going to start and they have ostrich syndrome and bury their head in the sand but I say look if you feel like you're standing at the bottom of a mountain thinking how the hell am I going to get up that well it's one step at a time always and you the first step is always the biggest step and you're going to tackle the issue that is the most overriding issue for you and if you can start to make inroads on that one big issue for you you will start to grow in confidence that I can make changes I can support myself I don't need external help mm. and that, that's that just start with the one step with the biggest overriding issue and it, it's almost I was drawn a parallel earlier from when, when you were saying that about some of the work I do with clients from my kind of change in life coaching because actually we see or I say what one area do you want to work on but actually it can then also once we start making progress in that area can have a positive impact on lots of other areas and I presume it would be the same if they tackle the biggest symptom they might yeah, see some other some of the other things disappear without actually focusing on them because it's just secondary to what's going on that person that I just made up with the chest infections um they're if they're diabetic and have joint issues and loads of other things going on but their overriding issue is the fact that they constantly get these chest infections they're always off work it's getting them down just by making some changes to the diet having a less inflammatory diet um and that is going to start to impact the diabetes the joint issues probably because they probably lose weight and then their joints will be better so all of a sudden it has this ripple effect into other areas of life and what we love seeing at mind body detox is when we start to help one person how it then has a ripple effect out into their family mm. and it's only one person that's paid to, to work with us but all of a sudden the husband decides to do the same diet and then he's losing weight and the children are like oh my god and um, we want to eat that too that looks yummy and it has this ripple effect on everybody else and that's why I say that it's about being the the message not the warning and as so many well not so many but I have had a, a considerable number of clients that have come to me about their children and I've said to them I need to work with you first it's coming from you because it's you are impacting their choices by your own choices so sort your choices out and see how that changes yeah it's powerful stuff I love it Jacqueline thanks so much for your time I knew um, I knew it'd be a really fascinating conversation and there's loads of top tips in there for folk to just yeah take ownership of their health and um and continue on the rainbow bridge so thank you so much no problem at all anytime thank you so much for listening i really hope you enjoyed that episode and make sure you subscribe and follow the podcast so that next week you can join us again